Hi, I'm Kosambi and a super hearty welcome to Shelf, the building blocks of commerce by Mason. Here we talk about the most exciting trends and technologies that are reshaping the world of e-commerce from apps to headless to composable to low code to no code. Well, the list is endless. Join in. Thank you, Kelly, so much for being on, on our Shelf Minis. Before we dive in into all the good, meaty stuff, Kelly, a quick intro from your side. What do you do and why do you do that? I'm, I'm Kelly Slesser. I run an e-commerce training company. I also, about eight years ago, built out an AI platform, personalized shopping platform, which I can go into a bit more detail on. Why do I do it? I was brought up in a household my dad was very technology savvy he had an old bbc computer which was like mainframe massive and it was huge and it had a little you know that you just get the green dot and you had to write code into it to get it to do anything and so i used to sit on his knee and play with the computer and try and get the computer to to give me something meaningful back and i remember at quite an early age doing that i then went on to study computer science which i got very bored of very quickly because bits and bytes is not my thing i decided as soon as i worked out how to code that was it i was done i'd done the job i ticked the box i wanted to move on what I did find exciting and, and has actually stayed with me on my journey was the communication aspect, the people part of it. So very early on in my career, I got to work on a project called Sainsbury's, the store of the future. And at the time, Sainsbury's is a, a big supermarket in the UK, one of the biggest. And at the time, we were looking at what would be the future technologies that we would be using in supermarkets in 10, 20 years time. And we were trying to map out what the customer technology was. And it was the point at which I became really fascinated at the fact that there was a customer at the end of the technology journey. And I was actually realized that I was more interested in the person at the end of the technology than I was in the technology. And so why I do what I do is because I love using technology to connect people. And I love working out how we can use technology to create more connection, more engagement with people. Yeah. And I love that because it so closely resonates with how I always feel. And so extra excited now to have you on Minis today. Uh, you know, one interesting thing that you mentioned is, you know, large enterprises and companies. And I've worked in IBM Commerce very, very early in my career. And you're right, like teams have been leveraging a lot of the deep tech that we hear about today for a while. It's just that now some of us are trying to make that technology more palatable and meaningful for maybe even a solopreneur to gain some success out of, right? Would love to hear from you. How do you think, like, what has been your, more than how do you think, I think what's been your observation and learning over the years on how, you know, what are some of these systems and engines that have been used by large grocery stores or grocery giants or e-commerce marketplaces and how, uh, you know, a young and upcoming brand can actually leverage some of those learnings today? In general, the evolution, what I love is that, you know, if I go back three or even three or four years, let alone forget about 20 years, you know, to build technology stacks out, cost millions of dollars to, you know, service e-commerce clients and to do it on a global basis, cost millions of dollars. And I've seen tech bills that were million dollars that, you know, millions of dollars that had a 10-year plan, a business case, a CapEx for 10 years. And now we can build it in a couple of months. 
And I love that. I love the fact that the solopreneur can go out and access pretty much the same technology that a big, massive global player is using as well to service their clients. So I think that the exciting thing for me is the playing field is leveling off. And actually, the talent, the brand is actually the most important thing. The creativity is actually the most important thing right now and not the technology itself. And your ability to, again, going back to my earlier point, your ability to connect with customer. And and I've seen a massive evolution, you know, especially if I look at AI, for instance, when I built ShopU, the AI platform, it was a personalization engine. So I was working for one of the biggest shopping centers in Australia, Westfield at the time. And I was going in and consulting to their brands and helping them build out apps And at the time, apps was all the rage. That was the thing. Everybody had to have an app. I would have got paid a lot more if I just charged people for asking me if they needed an app or not than if I'd actually built them. (laughs) Anyway, so everyone was asking for apps at the time and building out um, e-commerce sites, but but spending a hell of a lot of money on them. And, And I got very frustrated with this disconnect of building technology, but they're not actually answering the customer needs. And I did a a huge research project and looked at, you know, what are customers actually asking for? And it came down to a couple of things. You know, customers were saying, you've got enough data and information on me now. You should be able to provide me with the things I need. But instead, you're making me go on this journey to find the things I need. And then you're making it really hard for me to purchase the things that I want. And actually, I feel we haven't moved that far ahead in the eight years when it comes to that, because I still think of situations today where I search for something online, let's say a jumper or, or, you know, a product. And all of a sudden, I've got a million products, 99.9% of them aren't right for me. The 0.01% is right for me, but then I've got to jump through hoops to try and buy it. You know, there's there's lots of friction in the customer journey. So one of the things I've definitely seen over the years is, especially with, with the introduction of AI, is with that journey is becoming easier. There's still friction there, but I think we will see the acceleration of that journey becoming friction-free in the next couple of years, which for me is really exciting. Yeah. And it kind of, honestly speaking, resonates a lot with things I'm seeing for younger millennials, Gen Zs, and even the alpha generation that's coming up. You know, they're kind of moving a lot from, I still live in the search-based commerce world, but they're more in the discovery-based commerce world, but they're probably on TikTok or Instagram or wherever else that they are. And they chance upon something from a creator which connects, resonates with them, connects with them, as you rightly said. And then that you know, instant that trigger can actually lead to a buying journey. And very often than not, it still does, right? I guess the gap, even though a lot of our behavior is moving to discovery-based, that that funnel is still not tied together where, you know, you're leading me from the point of discovery very seamlessly to the point of purchase, I guess. And we see that in 40 to 50% abandoned cart rates, right? Across industry standard. You know, it's like 100 people are going to your store, only two of them are buying 40 to 50 percent of those 100 people are actually going to the effort of going through your very friction hard journey putting stuff in their car and then at the last minute abandoning car if we can just tweak that you know we'll we'll see revenues increase with retailers for sure 
you know, that leads me to the question of with BFCM coming up and, uh, you know, some of a lot of the audience that I, you know, who listen to us, they're scrambling. No matter how much you plan, I see in the mid-market sort of segment, SMB mid-market, usually you end up treating, I think, high revenue days or sales days is almost like, I don't know, I'm going to throw a lot of spaghetti on the wall and I'm going to see what hits, right? Uh, so how can, uh, you know, a brand who's probably definitely has product market fit, but definitely wants to leverage the season for better hitting their revenue goals for the year, how would you guide them to thinking in a better structure this year? Planning is is one of the key things. When I look back to last year, the brands that won, the brands that had the biggest increases in revenue, everyone will make a little bit more. You know, some brands make 60 to 70% of their revenue in this in this period. But when I see the brands that won, it's the ones that planned. It's the ones that definitely had a plan. And they're the ones that got the biggest growth. So some of the things we do in the lead up to Black Friday, really kind of practical things. Firstly, an audit an audit of website, UI, UX, you know, and that can just be, I mean, most people don't even look at their website on a mobile. They look at it on a desktop, but yet 70 to 80% of traffic is coming from a mobile device. And we wonder why people bounce off our site. So first thing I, you know, we do in, in the lead up to Black Friday when working, when I work with retailers is we do a bit of an audit. So we go through their mobile experience first and foremost on a mobile phone and we look at is there anything broken? Is there anything missing? Is there anything that just doesn't, that creates friction? Is there anything we can improve? So that's, that's number one. The second thing is in the lead up to Black Friday, we really want to collect as much emails as possible so that we can have a conversation with our customers and, and, and new customers. So we run lead generation campaigns. We make sure we refresh the pop-ups on our websites. Anything that we've got, any kind of, I suppose, lead generation that we've got coming into the business at the moment, we just make sure they've been freshened up. And then we look at the back end of that, which is the nurture sequence and flows. So a lot of our nurture sequences and flows in Clavio, for instance, which is which is the platform I use, are set and forget. So, you know, you've got your welcome series, your abandoned cart, blah, blah, blah. Coming into this series, the mindset's different. So what we do is we go through and look at those nurture series and, and welcome flows and just, again, refresh them, get a bit of a, an overhaul on them, make sure they're up to date and add any kind of specific seasonal links in or information into them, you know, update the kind of content in them. So we go and do an audit of that. Then the next thing is really looking at your content strategy and Content strategy is the bit where everyone switches off and gets completely overwhelmed because there is so much to do. You know, you've got so many channels, so many channels coming at you from everywhere. So we try and break it down into, okay, well, well what are the big moments, firstly, and what are the big moments you can engage with customers and what are the big opportunities to, to sell? And then do you have new season collections? What are the talkable moments you have from a brand perspective? And then we start to calendarize them. What we've been doing very successfully is using AI to plan out that content. I have seen so many time savings. So one of the brands I've worked with used to take about two or three days to plan out their content a month. They've reduced that down to less than a day. Even writing a blog, which takes Sometimes some of the brands I work with up to half a day, they're doing it in about 45 minutes now. And that's a blog that is optimized for SEO. So 
We're using AI to actually produce our content plans. And the way in which we're doing that is there's a couple of tools I use. I use ChatGPT, but my favorite new friend on the block, my new best friend is Claude. So Claude and I hang out quite a lot. Are you using Claude? Yeah, so my co-founder actually uh, jumped on board Claude a while back. And I do think for certain kinds of information, Claude is definitely a lot more because you can train her her (laughs) better. I love how she's a woman in your world. That's awesome. (laughs) Claude is whoever you want them to be. Exactly. And uh, I think it's just that the the context and the training that you can provide is so much better. But in terms of just if you just want like very quick mass research done, I still feel like GPT sort of wins a little better there. I think what Claude allows us to do from an e-commerce perspective is really uploads lots of data about the brand. Because one of the things I know brands really struggle with when it comes to using AI is they get this kind of beige response from chat GPT that doesn't talk to their brand, their voice, their customer, and doesn't connect and engage going back to, you know, my passion. So actually feeding Claude information about your brand, your tone, the voice of the customer, you can feed it massive bits of data and chat GPT sometimes I find loses the chain. And all of a sudden it forgets who my customer was or forgets who I am or forgets, you know, the brand. Whereas Claude is very good at keeping up with me, which is awesome. So we're using Claude to produce those content plans and and ChatGPT, a combination of both. We're using those to produce those plans. So I suppose there's three steps for me. It's it's an audit. It's looking at your the main channels that you're converting on, which is should be email as one of them, and then looking at your content plan. The other one I'd add in there is this is a place where I just don't think businesses invest or e-commerce businesses invest enough time, energy, money, or whatever is in SEO. I think there's just a ridiculous opportunity for brands to be front and center of Google. And we know the top three, top three positions in Google get at 30% each of the traffic. Like there's such a bigger opportunity if they start to think about their content strategy now and what keywords they want to be known for, what keywords people are going to be searching over the, the crazy period. Black Friday towels, for instance, you know, whatever it might be, whatever it is you're selling, someone's searching for that on the other end of the computer. So just thinking far forward thinking and going, okay, can I produce some seasonal content that will help drive some traffic to me? Yeah, I love this. Uh, By the way, uh, audience, we're going to put this down into a checklist and definitely share with the show notes. So don't worry, we've got your back. And of course, you can reach out to Kelly anytime that you want to deep dive into it. Another quick question, uh, Kelly, that, uh, you know, is top of mind from a lot of our listeners is the balance between planning for new opportunities and kind of engaging and nurturing your existing retained loyal customers, right? And a lot of times, yes, definitely off app, off channel, off your store, you have channels to sort of do that one-on-one communication. But typically, you know, store feels like a very well-designed and, uh, you know, hard thing for me to kind of like personalize. Most of the mass of retail is not at a phase where they're literally using heavy personalization in their storefronts, right? But what can be some of the quick things that a brand can implement to actually ensure that their returning customers versus their, you know, new opportunities that they have can both be engaged and both nurtured towards a conversion in, in this really heavy sale period? 
That's a really interesting question and something I think about a lot because we know that around 70% of e-commerce traffic is completely new. So coming to people's websites, new customers coming in and around Black Friday, about 70, I think it's about 76 to 80% of people will try new brands. So massive opportunity to switch people, to grab a bit more traffic, to grab new customers. And so the balance for me is, you know, with your existing customers, this is where VIP stuff kicks in, rewarding the loyalty, really thinking about how we make them feel special. You know, there's a friend of mine posted something yesterday where there's a company called Pet Circle here, and they basically sent out a box of of dog goods to her and on it they wrote a little doggy joke on it and they was like they said thank you so much for all your customer and it was just a really personal and she is a repeat purchaser so you know the goodwill they get from that and and so going into this period thinking about what are those surprise and delight moments you can have with your existing customers that keeps them on board and keeps them happy but also protects them because going into Black Friday, a lot of people start to have shipping issues. A lot of e-commerce brands, you know, might have shipping issues, more customer service inquiries, you know, things drop through the cracks. It's the reality of the timing and just making sure that actually you're keeping goodwill and good favor with your existing clients so that they don't go, oh, well, you know, they're obviously too busy to deal with me. So I'll just go and find another brand because I'm the 80% mover trying to focus on them. So at this point in time, it's what can you do from a loyalty rewards perspective? Can you give them double points for, you know, buying something at a particular time? Can you do kind of a personalization message or something like that to your existing loyal customers? But also making sure they are the first ones to know. We know when we do VIP sales, when we do text messages to let them know first, we know that they're, the click-through rate on those are double. And the the conversion rate goes up by about 50%. So we know that we can get some great results from that. So that's one for your existing. For new customers, again, I think we often as e-commerce brands will do kind of a welcome journey. And it's just very much, you know, we've, we've kind of thought about our welcome journey and gone, welcome to the brand, blah, blah, blah. During this period, you're going to have a lot more customers coming in and they don't know your brand story. You know, it's like me jumping on with you, Kasambi, and now I know that your your name means peace, which is beautiful. Like, and hearing about your business and, and your background, you know, that's the inspiration that makes people connect with people. And I think often when we do welcome series, we think about just selling our product. We don't think about telling the story, especially for solo entrepreneurs or smaller brands. You know, often the reason people buy from them, not just because they've got a great quality product, but because of the person behind the brand. So making sure in this time we do as much as we can in that nurture sequence to really encourage customers to buy and to get to know us as individuals as a brand the tone of voice there's one more thing to add one thing I do see brands doing is they go into sale mode sales 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 20% off 50% off and then afterwards people go oh I'm just going to wait for it to go back on sale And what you end up doing during this time often is creating a sales mindset customer. And so one of the things we do to switch that sales mindset customer is we follow up any sale with real value add. So we talk about the quality of the product. So literally, as soon as we've finished a sale, 
the next email is talking about the quality. It's talking about the value. It's talking about the brand. It's basically hitting all of those key points that makes them go, actually, they've done this sale. That's amazing. But this brand is a quality, valuable brand that I'm willing to pay a premium price for or, or a, you know, the standard price, whatever that is. So just making sure you follow that journey up, basically, so you don't get a sales mindset customer. Yeah, I think that's such a interesting point because I mean, I, in this entire mini series, you're the first one who's brought that up. Is how do you still, you know, even though it's a high sale season, everybody knows everybody is probably looking for deals, and as you rightly said, seventy, eighty percent of consumers are discovering new brands in this season. But how do you give the benefit of sale but don't anchor your potential new prospects and customers on you being a you know low price product or something of that sort right and um, before we close and move to the last few questions thank you so much so many insights and nuggets in this short 20 minutes but any examples Kelly from the last couple of years especially uh, we've seen you know a lot of changes from 2019 2020 2021 2022 every year it has been so drastically different Uh, what do you think are uh, you know some of the things that uh, we should watch out for or potentially going to happen this BFCM which will be very different from how it was the last few years I don't know if we will see a major difference from a customer perspective, I think what we will see is there will be brands that will win a lot more. So I think generally what we see is everyone, you know, in terms of revenue increases, and then you have some brands that go the extra mile that are doing things like the SMS campaigns that are, you know, that have it all planned out that end up up here. I think the gap will be a lot wider this year because I know those brands that plan and I know a lot of the brands I'm working with are using AI for content production. So they're able to plan out a lot more campaigns. They're also using AI for data analysis. So they are looking at Things like what are the top products that people are searching for on our website and then re-merchandising their website very, very quickly. I'm hoping Shopify Sidekick fully launches and is fully available to everyone by then because that will be a game changer. So the ability for retailers to quickly be able to go, Okay, and and this was part of when we built ShopU the at the platform. One of the things we were doing was feeding back to retailers insights from the platform on okay, well someone's walked past the store and they're looking at that red dress. Like red dress is in a digital world, so red dress is like what people are searching for, what people are clicking on, what people. So can we go and merchandise the actual physical store based on the fact that we know people in this local area within Sydney are searching for red dress. Can we do our visual merchandising? This psychic products like that are going to allow us to do that in the digital world. So we know that customers are coming to us and looking for, you know, Google Trends is showing us that one of the biggest search things is formal dresses, for instance. I'm working with an amazing formal dress brand. Formal dresses is going to increase over this season. The formal dresses, you know, the new kind of, the new look is a halter neck formal dress. How do we quickly merchandise our store now previously we would have to go and look for halter neck dresses we'd have to put them on the home page it's a manual task that requires some effort now we can just type in you know basically that's trending make sure that's on the home page that changes 
the dynamic because all of a sudden we're building our sites to respond and be personalized to customer needs. So I think that will change. That will change the landscape. So AI will definitely change the way in which brands are reacting. And the other thing is, you know, being able to do things on the fly. So, okay, our customers aren't responding to a 5% off or a 10% off. We actually, I saw a test the other day where they put in front of customers a split test of 15%, 10% and 5%. I I don't know if you can guess which one won, but it totally blew my mind. It was actually the 5%. Wow. It totally blew my mind. And there were some theories behind it, which I won't go into. But the point was, you know, to do that A-B split test was a big process. Like it took a while. We had to get data. They had to, you know, it took a while. However, these tools around that are happening now and that we can we can access are going to allow us to do quick split tests this time, get real data analytics, and then close the loop and be able to actually implement things on our site and implement those changes. So in answer to your question, I think we'll see a dramatic change from an e-commerce perspective. I think what the customers will see will be the same, but I think we'll see the winners will be much, there'll be a much greater breadth between the winners and, and the ones that just kind of make a little bit of extra money. Simply because, you know, they're utilizing better, they're utilizing data better, they're they're going to market faster, all of that stuff, right? Absolutely. And they're reacting to customers in the moment. You know, one of the other tools that I think, again, is going to be game changing. So chatbots have been on the scene for a long time. And, you know, we've all had a play around with them and, you know, got frustrated when it goes to the point of not answering our question. The advancements in chatbots in the last six months is insane like it's not even partly you know you feel like you're talking to a real person you know the chatbots are using chat gpt and and various kind of large language models now you feel like you're talking to a real person but you can actually get the answers you want rather than the standards you know i will pass you over now so I think the chatbots are also going to act as a massive conversion point for brands. Those ones that have implemented the AI chatbots are going to act as a massive conversion point. Because if you can solve a problem for a customer before they get to cart, they're much more less likely to bounce off. So I think that will be another game changer as well. Wow. Love it. These are, I actually, I'm just nodding. Because I'm, I totally agree with each of the points and it looks like I love the perspective of how utilizing some of the emerging technologies can actually make such a big difference simply because you're leveraging data better, you're leveraging a large language models better, you're leveraging a more humane touch to the shop and adding in uh, that to the shopping process rather than, you know, your cookie cutter a sort of workflows or cookie gutter or pop-ups that happen, right? Thank you, Kelly. I can continue and go on for a while, but we'll try to bring you back in for a live stream and where we can dive in into some of these, uh, you know, examples that you mentioned and probably do some teardown or more uh, how-tos around it. Before you go, because I'd love to know what you think is going to change. I'm always, I love to hear the different perspectives, like from a global perspective as well. Yeah, I think what I'm already seeing uh, changing is literally the fact which and, and that's why I was nodding my head so much is that, you know, when you think of brands, you know, 
everybody who's out there to build a brand who thinks that hey i'm you know i have a great idea i have a niche you know a segment in mind that this is a problem for me i'm sure that there's a lot of others who sort of want to buy it i have a great influencer strategy content strategy all of that stuff right in all of these the usp of a brand or a brand founder or an entrepreneur is usually you know your customers and you know your product right and then you got to once you get started you have to start becoming a data scientist a web engineer who understands what's a web book what's an api right it just change like it's a whole new world and a lot of folks actually drop off because of that you can't be great at everything that is required for you to go to 0 to 1 million to probably 5 million and then post that you can of course start scaling your team but in that early years early months this it's you and you have to be everybody and i think what i see changing is this you know everybody's figuring it out that uh, we don't necessarily need to be that one woman one man uh, amazing uh, founder who knows everything is just not possible but there's so many i can i can have a lot of these basics at my fingertips just because of ai because of you know uh, the advancement in tech because of all these different solutions that are out there now to you know help me be a little bit you know 10x of what i possibly can be so true and i was just thinking about data analytics and you know at the moment for solopreneurs you've got Clavio, Google Analytics, GA4, Shopify, or whatever you're trying, and, and you're trying to pull all this data together and go, how do I make business decisions? It, it's just impossible for most people. And just the examples that you mentioned, you know, I think can probably implement great uh, in-app strategies to for new users, which would be probably engagement-based or you know incentive-based. There are personalized strategies you can do for returning users. So there's going to be you know multi-channel strategy there, your direct channels, even maybe some kind of personalization, however little in your store too. And you look at all of these; it just keeps piling on, and your the kind of apps and products that you're using keep piling. on and soon enough the complexity even increases because now even if you have data there's no way in hell that you're going to be able to understand what to attribute over where right so yeah and when you think about it like as a shopper i don't in fact the more different micro apps you're using and more strategies you're trying to implement and i know the intentions good but you know what there are three pop-ups staring at me the minute i'm one minute in your store right and that's just killing the experience you have something uh, you know pre cart you have something in your cart you have something else <laughs> in your upsell it's just crazy just today i was working on um, a brand and i was you know sort of like reviewing their site i would love to actually show you that kelly one of these days and uh, you know they have two different freebie strategies for in cart which is an automatic freebie and something which is like personalized freebie based on something that i buy i can choose what freebie i want and in certain you know corner cases they both overlap so both happen and i just literally i was like and then i'm in the cart and i'm like what's happening because i just got a ton of or didn't get anything that i wanted to get and i was like yeah this that's the craziness and i think as you can rely on more and more these agentic uh, you know agents and this ai some of these things will probably get abstracted out and you can implement a more holistic strategy uh, in your store thank you audience so we'll have uh, kelly and kelly's details on the show notes but if you want to reach out kelly how can they reach out to you linkedin instagram i run the e-commerce tribe we've just rebranded actually which is exciting and i'm on linkedin and my email is kelly@kellyslesser.com 
nice and easy. We'll link it out in the show notes. And thank you, everybody. And we'll be back soon with uh, the next in minis and hopefully more live streams soon. Bye. Thank you. And that's it. That was awesome. And thank you, folks, for listening in. If you enjoyed the chat, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast right here. And of course, do hop on to Mason at www.getmason.io. That's www.getmason.io. We got more Ace in the Hole insights, conversion tips, and just everything that you need to scale your e-commerce brand. Catch you next time.